five, uh, and we speak further about uh, the crash, especially the process of regulating uh, scholar transport. On the line to Education Department spokesperson Elijah Mklanga. Very good evening to you, Mr. Mklanga. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. So, just in terms of your guidelines and, and, and a framework, what do you categorize as learner transport? Uh, good, good evening, uh, Tepiso. A learner transport is a vehicle which transport learners to and from school every day, but there are two models in which this is done. The first one is the one that is contracted by the department uh, around the country through provincial departments, either transport, infrastructure, or whatever department in a province. That one is paid for by the department by government and the people who are contracted are given a stringent criteria which they need to comply with for them to to obtain those contracts to transport our learners. And then the other one is the one which is arranged by parents uh, in the different places which transport their learners to schools in which they want to enroll their their children. Mm. I see here in your um, government notice that you gazetted, you said that uh, the NLTA affirms that uh, national learner transport policy uh, actually falls within also the broader transport system, but that there's a need to be more inclusive and holistic in this approach. What exactly do you mean by that? Because I'd imagine that um, sometimes... uh, parents out of desperation would then approach somebody say who's in the public transport industry to transport their their children yeah that means that uh, even those learners who qualify for the learner transport program managed and run by the department um, if their parents do not want to enroll their children in those schools they have a right to elect anybody else in the community to transport their children to another place, and that's what happens in, in, in some cases. But on this particular case of, uh, of Verena, it was a situation where uh, the parents had taken their children to schools, which is about uh, 20 or so kilometers away from where they lived. And from what we are hearing is that uh, they were doing that to uh, enroll them in schools which offer issues as a language among other things. So those are some of the reasons that uh, make parents to um, remove their learners from their own communities to other places. But then uh, how do you regulate something that's not regulated? And I mean, in, in this case, as you say, the parents contracted somebody to transport their children. How do you determine what is suitable for uh, transportation of learners? That's where the Department of of Transport takes over because it is the traffic law enforcement officers who will ensure that they stop every vehicle that is carrying a learner, inspect, check if indeed it complies with the requirements uh, that relate to transporting people. And if the vehicle has all the necessary um, elements, uh, and it will be allowed to do so, that they should also assist us to ensure that the drivers and operators respect and abide by the 
race of the road. Because at the end of the day, even if your vehicle is road racing, even if you have a public uh, driver's permit, but if your conduct on the road is not consistent with what the law requires, then you place the lives of your passengers in danger. Mm. As you mentioned, that some of these uh, disciplines fall within multiple departments. So you mentioned the fragmentation in terms of spatial segments, etc. How how do you plan to work together? Is it something that you're thinking of to minimise, uh, you know, occurrence of such incidents? We, we do work together with the Department of Transport. We can't do this without them because they transport learners and we, in our uh, conversations with them, we uh, appeal to the department to ensure that they alert their traffic officers to prioritise passenger vehicles. And they do that in some cases. And uh, we, we see a large majority of our people being moved around safely and then we have disasters like the one we've encountered. And it's something that we really need to, to continue to talk about because we believe that even if there were to be a different dispensation, it would be in addition to what already exists. And we believe that the traffic laws that we have and the National Transportation, uh, Transportation Act that already exists, it, it provides for sufficient guidelines and framework and, and compulsory um, provisions that people need to, to respect. If we were to do that, we would be much safer on the roads. Don't speed. Don't overtake over a barrier. Make sure that you, uh, you are patient to give other people uh, uh, consideration as they are also red users. Those, those things. So it's really the conduct and the attitude of uh, red users that really needs to be, to be talked about so that we can change the way we relate to other motorists on the road, uh, giving a priority to our passengers. Thank you so much for speaking to us, uh, the spokesperson for the Basic Education Department, Elijah Mtlanga, 21 minutes past five. Let's go back to the courts where a draft document on the in-local inspection done at the former home of murder accused Henry van Bradal in Stellenbosch has been presented in the Cape Town High Court. The High Court, led by Judge Siraj Desai, visited the Zod's Estate yesterday, Van Bradar is facing allegations of killing his parents and older brother in January 2015. He has pleaded not guilty to the charges. Chris Mabuya has more. In his plea explanation, Van Bredes says an ex-wielding intruder wearing a balaclava killed his parents and brother and seriously injured his sister. His lawyer, advocate Peter Porter, told the court today that the fence around the estate is not completely electrified. Porter further says it's possible that a person can get access to the property by jumping over a pillar next to the side gate. However, all the parties don't agree on this. NPA's Western Cape spokesperson Eric Ndabazalila. There were four points that the state and the defense did not agree with. Defense said one of the pillars of the gate at the perimeter, one could use that pillar to climb into the estate. We disagreed with that. Even the judge said it would be impossible and in fact dangerous.